0: On this week's episode of The Fizz, I'm going to talk to you guys about the greatest thing to happen to Detroit sports since the Red Wings last won the Stanley Cup. After that, we're going to move into the NHL playoffs and talk about how absolutely insane the first round was, in addition to how wild these Game 7s finished up. We're going to touch on the Pistons and their short-lived playoff run, and then after that, we're going to touch on the Lions, the draft, Kelly Stafford, Danny Amendola, and then we will close it out with a little over under but before i get into all that i want to tell you guys about this product that i've been rubbing on my face since i'm 16 years old and that product is proactive if you want to order some sort of product to get rid of your acne on your face that has four different bottles and takes six different steps and costs well over a hundred dollars then boy do i have the product for you it's called proactive you've seen it used by adam levine kendall jenner Probably someone else famous and Mandy Moore. They've all had acne. They all got rid of their acne and they did it by using Proactive and I'm sure a bunch of other shit because they're rich and famous and rich and famous people just don't get acne. They don't get it because they have a ton of money. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Proactive. It costs a bunch of money and it doesn't really work. I've had acne since I was 16 years old and I still get it on my forehead today at 28. I've had about 36 shipments of Proactive come to my house, and there's three steps to it. You wash your face, you rub some oil on your face, and then you lotion it up, and then you proceed with your day. It's supposed to get rid of your acne, but it really doesn't work, and that's why I want to recommend it to you. I've lost a ton of money on this product, and I don't want to feel alone anymore, so please order Proactive today if you've got a little bit of acne just so we can talk about how much money this shit costs and how much it doesn't really work. Proactive. Get it to make me feel better. But now, let's get into the fizz. Start with shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then
1: pop uh-huh. with Yeah. Okay, we champagne pop champagne pop like we want a champion like I got on a championship Cause I bought a Notice me by a I am the bird. bird.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 21 of The Fizz. Thank you so much for being here with me. Truly means a lot. All that shit, yada yada. But honestly guys, today we have absolutely zero time to waste. Because Team Team, 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 fellows, ladies, women, children, and boys. Boys.
1: Gretzky had it, lost it. Eiselman picks it up. Eiselman moving. Blue line chance. Oh! Steve Eiselman! The Detroit wins!
0: He's back. Stevie Y is back. My favorite all time athlete and childhood slash adulthood hero is back in Detroit City as the Red Wings general manager taking over for longtime GM Kenny Holland.
1: Oh, fuck, yeah. Steve
0: Iserman has been named general manager of the Detroit Red Wings.
1: Oh, fuck, yeah.
0: And honestly, guys, I had to think about what to say here for a lot longer of a time than I anticipated um, I was really trying to think about what to say because I could go down like 2,500 different avenues when it comes to talking about Steve Eiserman. But I will try. I will try my best to stay calm and to call it exactly as it is. Steve Iserman is the new general manager of the Detroit Red Wings.
1: Oh, fuck yeah.
0: Let it sink in. Let it all sink in. I know I am. This is one of the best moments in Detroit sports that we have had in a very, very long time. Personnel-wise, I think this is the biggest news uh, in Detroit sports acquisition history since the Tigers got Prince Fielder, arguably also Blake Griffin to the Pistons, but Pistons are kind of a dumpster fire. But then again, the Red Wings are kind of a dumpster fire, so... It's neither here nor there, but I think this is the biggest news that shook me up since the Tigers got Prince Fielder back in 2012, I believe it was. 2012? Yeah, I believe it was 2012. But as far as sports news goes, I mean, you have to look back all the way to the 08 Cup, right? I mean, going I mean, going to the cup in 09 was awesome. Tigers going to the World Series in 2012, that was great. Miggy's triple crown, pretty fantastic, all pretty great moments. But in a city. Starved for a winner, or just some sort of excitement around their four professional four professional teams, this was a real treat to say the least. I will confidently say that if Iserman is able to bring a Stanley Cup back to Detroit, he will be the greatest hockey figure of all time. I say that very confidently. Now, sure, I am a complete slappy towards Eiserman. I own three of his jerseys, and he's been my favorite player since before I even knew how to skate. I only wear the number 19 when I play sports, and I may ha- may or may not have that number tattooed on my leg uh, due to a 19th birthday drunken bender when I was at Michigan State. But seriously, it's hard to find a player of Eiserman's caliber who has had so much success post-career in the hockey realm between, I mean, couple that with what he's done on the ice. I mean, between Team Canada and their success there and what he's been able to do in Tampa. Now, I know he hasn't won a cup, but, I mean, he has made that team very, very relevant. And, you know, this year they had a bad week in April and they were out of the playoffs. But he's been an absolute stud. Now, if he's able to come back home after his internship with the Tampa Bay Lightning and bring home Detroit's 12th Stanley Cup to HockeyTown, I don't think there's any question. I mean, for what he's done on the ice, which is already top, top five, arguably top five of all time, um, definitely top 10, if he's able to replicate that success that he had on, on the ice to what he can do off the ice, I mean, I think there is, there is not no question, but he's definitely in the conversation for greatest hockey figure of all time. I mean, God, I love this guy. I love this guy so much. This guy taught me so much about what it means to be a leader, how to fight through pain, how to be the best teammate you can be, and how to be just absolutely humble with success. Um, Amazing family man on top of being an amazing hockey player and a spectacular GM. I am just so proud to call Steve Iserman ours. The guy is truly my hero, and I can't wait to see what he does with this team. It should be fun. LGRW. Now, the news of Iserman couldn't have come at a better time. Not only was it the 19th of April in the year 2019, but I don't know if I can go another year without Red Wings playoff hockey. And hell, I know we could be looking at a couple more years of playoffless hockey. Um, hockey, gods forbid. But watching these NFL playoffs has just been an absolute fucking exhilarating treat. In addition to being um, an, an amazing adrenaline rush of excitement every time you watch the game, it's also been kind of like a part-time job, um, especially these Game 7s. Um, so let's just, let's just take a quick walk through these NHL playoffs and these Game 7s that we've been able to witness. I'm going to go in order of least exciting to most exciting. Least exciting was probably Boston-Toronto, um, was the one I was definitely looking the most forward to, um, but it was an absolute beatdown by the Boston Bruins at home. They, they just have Toronto's number, and I fully believe they never think they are going to lose to them, and it shows. They just have a different confidence. They have a different mentality. Uh, it just feels like they know by the time uh, it's all zeros across the board in the third uh, that they are going to be victorious. The Maple Leafs are one and done for the third year in a row, and I'm happy about it. I'm happy about it. Normally, I am a fan of the Canadian teams in the NHL, and and I I am. I, I normally do tend to see myself rooting for some Canadian teams in the NHL. Um, they invented the sport, and, you know, they have a great appreciation for the game. So I do really enjoy the Canadian teams. Um, Iserman's Canadian, for example. So definitely got to gotta, gotta love the Canadian teams. Um, and, but, but there is an exception when it comes to Toronto. They are a completely different animal. Uh, When Detroit and Toronto finally decide to be good at the same time again, this is going to be a very heated rivalry, and I'm just not going to want to look back and say I was rooting for them ever. So even in a situation where it's like a lesser of two evils, where you have Boston and Toronto and you don't want to root for either of them, I never want to look back and say like, yeah, I I wanted Toronto there. And I don't really have a hatred for Babcock like whatsoever. Like he left, he chose to leave whatever, but he just seems like the cockiest fuck in the world. And that whole Toronto Maple Leafs organization from the top down just seems like they, that their shit doesn't stink. And I don't know why they have this mentality. I just think they feel like they're hot shit and, and they've just gone one and done for three years in a row and they lost to Boston again. They're just a cocky as fuck franchise and team that has absolutely no reason to be, and I'm just super happy that they're out. And I'm also happy on top of the fact that Jonathan Tavares, uh, John Tavares, is out of the, he's out of the playoffs, and the Islanders w- are going further than the team he left him for. It's, it's pretty incredible. These whole playoffs has been absolutely mind blowing. Uh, the fact that the Islanders are going further then the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs is mind-blowing. And the fact that the Islanders are in the playoffs is is just crazy. So glad Toronto's out. Um, Not necessarily happy. Boston's advancing. Would love to see Columbus put the lid on Boston. Washington, Carolina. Moving on from Boston, Toronto. Washington, Carolina. I literally just got done watching this game probably like 10 minutes ago. Yes, it is way past midnight as I record this. Now, way past. I mean, it's, it's like 1230 as I record this. Um, Washington, what are you doing? Grow a pair of balls. Defend the Stanley Cup in your own barn. Uh, I just got done watching that overtime, and Carolina just clearly, they clearly— The eye test was as clear as day. They just wanted that game more than Washington did. Plain and simple, playoff hockey right there. Carolina wanted it. The Caps did not want it as bad because they wanted it the year before. I mean, it was clear as day. The Caps won it last year, and they didn't have the fire that Carolina did. And I don't think you can overlook the fact that Barry Trotz is no longer the coach on Washington's bench. That guy motivates during the most critical times and when it matters most. And Washington simply did not have the juice that Carolina had. Plain and simple. You could see it in overtime, and you could see it towards the end of the game. Uh, you know, Washington losing at home in Game Seven, defending the cup. There's really nothing worse. Um, trust me, us Red Wing fans know. And the fucking loser Caps, I bet on them tonight. So my record of Game Sevens is now two and one, as opposed to three and zero, oh because Washington. <laughs> decided to eat crow tonight but let's move on to the marquee game 7 game um, and that is without a doubt Vegas San Jose. Wow just just wow So I as I said I literally just got done watching Caps canes so it's fresh in my memory memory. And the night before, I watched every single second literally glued to the screen of Sharks Nights. And I got to say, the better hockey was played by Vegas and San Jose. The chances, the speed, the physicality, the skill, uh, clear eye test goes to Vegas and San Jose. Uh, I am not sure if that is a testament to what's going on out west or if Vegas and San Jose are just some top-notch teams. But guys, that game... Tuesday night was absolutely the most insane hockey game I have ever watched or at least or at least it's up there it's way up there maybe not maybe not hands down the craziest but nothing nothing's really coming to mind that that overtakes that one I mean that was just wild now now this is something I want to clear up I got a lot of DMs about this you know Vegas got screwed they're crying and all this but I you I have to clear this up was the 5 minute major penalty the right call no absolutely not that should have been a 2 minute minor penalty okay i realize that it led to all the goals but but vegas should have never been in this position in the first place it shouldn't even have been this close you know so let's so let's look at it should vegas have given up four goals in 5 minutes because of that penalty no they shouldn't have i don't care if you go you shouldn't give up four goals in 5 minutes if you're down 5 on 3 like you have to find a way to stop getting scored on. And after that first goal was scored by San Jose, Vegas should have called a timeout right away because you could tell the lid was about to blow off of the San o- of the, the home arena of San Jose. I don't know the name of it. The lid was about to blow off that fucking place. Um, so, you know, another thing, Vegas had a 3-1 series lead. Should they have blown that? No. Should they have blown the 3-0 lead they had with less than 11 minutes left to go in the third period of the game, of Game 7? No. In addition to that, Vegas had 60 shots on goal in Game 6 at at home and couldn't finish the job. They had three cracks at this thing. So I have very little sympathy for Vegas completely collapsing during a five-minute power play. And for them to blame the entire thing on that is just ridiculous. You had overtime and you had two games prior to that. You can't let it get to that point. If you're up 3-1 in the series, you've got to figure out how to close the door, and Vegas couldn't do that, so honestly, I think they deserve to lose. Um, And, you know, last year I picked Vegas to win the Cup, so I was all for Vegas. This year I picked the Sharks, so naturally I'm going to be pretty cool with them burying four goals in five minutes um, with less than ten minutes to go in the game and the series. So I'm glad they're still alive because I'm one of the only three people in my tournament who picked anyone besides Tampa. So we're still alive to win the damn thing. Just need Boston to go down now. Um, So second round matchups include Islanders Carolina, Boston Columbus in the east, with San Jose Colorado, sorry, San Jose Colorado, and then Dallas St. Louis out in the west. All wild cards have won their matchups, and this thing is just absolutely wide open. So my picks... For the second round, um, I am going to take out of Islanders, Carolina. I'm going to take the Islanders in five. I think that Carolina is going to come out of that series uh, with Washington very tired. Islanders are pretty rested, and I think they're pretty damn determined right now with Barry Trotz. A lot of days of preparation. I think Islanders take that one pretty handily. Islanders in five. Uh, next series, Boston Columbus. I think this is going to be an absolutely fantastic series. I think this is the ser- no, this is the series I'm most excited to watch. Uh, Boston Columbus. I'm really rooting for Columbus. Our boy Zach is there. He's going to be a Red Wing uh, come this off season. I know my boy Eiserman's going to go get him. Um, but I, I'm really rooting for Columbus here, so I'm going to take Columbus in seven. Um, really excited to watch that series. Should be pretty physical. Should be a good one. Uh, between san jose colorado colorado is a pretty exciting team to watch Uh, they have some very skilled players nathan mckinnon is an absolute stud Um, and i'm worried they could take this but i'm not going to go back on my pick now and in fact i'm going to give them another game so i'm going to go san jose in six Um, so i'm I'm not going to turn my back on san jose yet but but sneaky colorado could definitely take that Um, and then last but not least uh dallas st louis out in the west um, I got St. Louis taking this one in seven. I'm not gonna lie; the series I probably watched the least of was Predators Dallas. I tried to get my eyes on uh, most of the NHL playoff games, but I probably missed the Dallas Pred series the most. Um, and I'm a big, I'm a big Erica and Steve Ott fan, um, so we're just gonna go go Blues here. So Blues in seven over Dallas. So that'll give us a. An Eastern Conference Finals of Islanders, Columbus, and a Western Conference Finals of San Jose, St. Louis. Who would have thought? Who woulda thunk? All right, hey. Now that I've talked to you guys' ear off about the NHL and hockey, um, we do have a couple of more. We do have a couple more Detroit sports notes here um, before we jump into the over/under. Um, so first, let's start off with the Pistons because I mean, hell, they were in the playoffs this year. Insane. But Pistons, R.I.P. Uh, Blake Griffin, Big Blake, Blake man, Blake of the year, hell of a season. You showed Detroit you are willing to give it give it your all, and we appreciate you and Coach Dwayne Casey. Honestly, you two uh, deserve better right now. Uh, You know Blake, people thought you were going to hate it here, and you were too Hollywood. You know people forget you went to college in Oklahoma, and that's where you grew up, um, and you can be a very humble guy. Um, So we appreciate you coming here, working as hard as you can, playing with that bionic knee. I mean, he had surgery today. Um, Just an absolute animal who had a fantastic year, and I'm really excited to see if he's able to grow with us and actually turn us into a contender if the front office is able to make the right moves. Um, And speaking of making the right moves, Andre Drummond, you got to go. You don't fit in here. Your attitude stinks, and it just looks like you have no heart out there. It looks like you don't give a shit, and you're here for the wrong reasons. I don't know shit about hoops. You know, I'll be the first to admit that. I am a sports fan. I watched quite a bit of basketball, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I know a lot about basketball. But some shit I do know about is effort and it looks like you rarely put in any out there um, and, and I'm not alone in this opinion Chauncey Billups even called you out on national tv for being lazy so the Pistons can't move forward until Andre is gone I think he's just like it's just something that didn't work and he needs the band-aid just needs to be ripped off and he needs to go somewhere plain and simple you know hopefully drunk drunk man Gores, uh realizes that this offseason note number two um focused on the lions here. Danny Amendola. Please, 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 for the love of God, get off of Instagram. Just get off. Just delete the fucking Instagram. The captions, the photos, the poses, the apologies. You are not in South Beach anymore, man. You are in you are in Detroit. Uh this shit is lame to us. No one, no one cares that you prefer hanging pictures on the wall or that your ex-girlfriend was crazy or, like, fucked someone else or, or something. I, I don't know where you were going with that post. And clearly you don't either because you had to apologize for it and deleted it. Um, you sound like a 10th grade schoolgirl. So how about you just put in the work this offseason? I read some report on CBS that you're, you're really motivating the team there, so that's good. But how about you just catch the ball and put up crooked numbers? And then you can take model shots on Instagram anytime you want. Um, It's just not a good look all around. It was received very poorly here. Just don't bring that shit or those distractions to the Lions right now. Um, And in that vein, uh, today is draft day. You'll be listening to this on a Thursday. So today is draft day. Um, And if you put a gun to my head right now um, for the Lions NFL draft and made me pick who I think the Lions will take, I think it's going to be Jonah Williams, uh, the guard from Bama. Um, because it's because it's boring as hell. It's boring, it's safe, and we, we need O-line help. Um, and that just kind of feels like a Quinn pick. It blows, it's lame, it's non-exciting. Uh, it's going to be a boring picture to post, selfishly for me, uh, on the Instagram. But I think that's exactly what B Quinn will do. Um, but if I had my pick, I would want Devin White, if he's still there, uh, the linebacker out of LSU. It'd be really sick to be able to grab a linebacker that's just like a staple on the team for like ten years to come. I know I'm pipe dreaming right now, but it would be good to have that centerpiece on defense to just knock a few people out. I don't think we'll do anything crazy with with trading the pick. I don't think we'll do anything with quarterback positions. I got a couple DMs asking about like would we tr- trade for Rosen or something like that. I hate Josh Rosen. Rosen. Um, on the Cardinals. So no, I don't, I don't think we're gonna do anything too mind blowing tomorrow. Um, so I guess we'll just wait and see what happens. But the most important news out of the Lions camp, uh, is that Kelly Stafford, wife of Matthew Stafford is out of the hospital after, after she had 12 hour brain surgery to remove a benign tumor from her brain. Um, it sounds like there was some sort of complications. There was something weird going on in there. I don't know exactly what it is. I'm not a doctor, not even close. I'm a guy in my basement doing a podcast about sports. Um, so it sounds like sounds like the surgery was supposed to be six hours, and it went 12. Um, and it also sounds like, from what I've read from social media posts and just a couple couple news outlets, is that she tried to go full full lion full lioness on us and recover without the help of meds or steroids. Um, but it sounds like the pain was too much to handle so she is back on them. And I just want her to know that I respect the living hell out of the fight of the Stafford family that is such a Stafford move to just try to go no steroids, no meds after brain surgery um, but um, I know I know there was a lot of pain there according to your posts and you're back on them but Hell of an effort to, to try that, and I know you'll be back back swinging sooner than later. Um, we love you guys, and we hope for the speediest of recoveries. And you heard it here first, Matthew Stafford will be the NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Get ready for a career year out of this guy. Word on the street is that he's already back at the optional workouts in Allen Park in Detroit uh, because he knows he's got a fucking division to win. forward. All right, so now that we've touched on uh, Iserman, NHL playoffs, Little Lions, got a little Pistons in there. The only team I didn't really touch on is the Tigers. Uh, You know, Tiggs, keep chugging along. You guys are right around five hundred here early in the season. Uh, Better start than I think a lot of people anticipated. Um, And you guys just beat Boston in a doubleheader, which is pretty impressive, and I bet on you one of those games. So, nice work, boys. Keep it up. I'm not mad at the team. Uh, Just keep moving along. We'll see how long they can sustain it. Um, But now we will move into the final piece of every episode of The Fizz, or at least most of them so far, and that is our over-under. And the way over-under works, very simple. I have someone send me a list of 10 items. Uh, I have no idea what they are. I've never seen them. I don't go through them. I do them right here live. I read it, and I tell you if that, that thing, that idea, that person, that place, that item, that noun, whatever, is over- or underrated, uh, so this week, or normally I have my buddy Jerry out in Cleveland send me this. Jerry's a little overweight. He normally sends me the list, but this time we got a fan list. We got a fan list from a longtime follower. I believe he lives out in Utah. He said his, he's, a, he's a huge Red Wings fan, huge Lions fan. He's bought some gear. Uh, his name is Billy, Billy Beasley. I really appreciate you, Billy, for sending these in. Um, and I, I know me and him were we we're arguing a little bit in the uh, in our DMs today because he he was pretty bummed about Vegas dropping out because Vegas is uh, the closest hockey team he's got to him out there. Um, he's a Wings fan number one, but he he likes Vegas as well. So I'm sorry the Sharks um, had to bounce your nights last night there uh, last night there Billy. But hey, thanks a lot for sending in this list. And let's start over under. All right. First topic, got the email here. Haven't seen these before. Let's see what we got. Number one, Journey the Band. Journey the Band is completely underrated. Um, Don't Stop Believin', obviously an amazing Red Wings song. Uh, South Detroit, not a place that really exists, but the fact that they say Detroit in there and that song signifies a Red Wings W just automatically means they're underrated. And they're always going to be underrated. Do I know any other songs by Journey? Off the top of my head, no. Um, it, you could probably play me one. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I know that song. But as a band, they could be absolute dog shit. But as long as they give me Don't Stop Believin', uh, it's it's all I really care about. So Don't Stop Believing" the band Journey, underrated. Born and raised in South Detroit. Okay, number two, smartwatches. Um, smartwatches seem like completely, Complete overkill. I think they're completely overrated. I've never had one. I've never had a desire to have one. Um, my phone's always on me, so I don't need it like in a watch form on a smaller screen to show me that someone's texting me. If I want to check the time or see if someone's texting me, I will. I will check my phone. Otherwise, I don't know what updates you're getting on that watch unless you use it like a Fitbit kind of. But then maybe you just get a Fitbit. But it also functions more as a watch. So I guess I get it if you're like a fitness person who also needs it as a watch. I don't know. I think they're fucking overrated. I'll never buy one. I'll never buy a smartwatch. I'll never buy one. And if I do, then I'll reassess the situation. Smartwatches are overrated. Number 3. Mickey Redmond as an announcer is completely underrated. I think Mickey Redmond uh, very well be my favorite announcer of all times of all time of all times of all time. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He's an ex-Red Wing player. I think he scored 50 goals in a season. The guy is just the, the greatest. I think he's so entertaining. I think he's hilarious. He's swear he's sworn on air before. Holy mackerel, holy jumping. He's so fun to watch, um, and I know he's a guy that I'll play clips for for my kids and just show them how great he he really was. I know my dad was a big Ernie Harwell guy. Uh, I think my guy will, will is just going to always be Mickey Redmond. So Mickey Redmond, very underrated. Uh, it's it's truly a treat to get to get to listen to him to call Red Wings games. Number four. Um, LCA, Little Caesars Arena, haven't been yet, but want to visit. I want to know if the hype is right. So, I mean, LCA gets dogged a lot. You know, a lot of, I mean, I, I've definitely hyped it up, but I know a lot of people dog it. Um, LCA is fucking fantastic. I think it's underrated. I think it's unbelievable. And I don't think people really realize how great that stadium is going to be until the Red Wings start winning at a consistent basis. When the Red Wings start winning, just look the fuck out. That place is going to be up in flames. It's going to be the hottest. Jumpinest, holy mackerelness place on planet Earth. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fantastic. Um, so just wait till the Red Wings or the Pistons, lol, start winning, um, because LCA is gonna be fucking awesome. LCA is underrated. and People just don't even realize it yet. Spoiled. Uh, number five, Golden Knights in year two. It's funny. I was just, I just mentioned this. Well, the Golden Knights are clearly overrated because they just got bounced in the first round. Um, by the uh, San Jose Sharks. But I think people anticipated the Sharks to beat them in the first round. But they were, they all joking aside, the Golden Knights were underrated. They, they, they were a very good team. Um, and I think they surprised a lot of people because they had a slower start to the year, but then they bounced back very strong. And I don't think people were expecting them to duplicate the lightning in a bottle they had last year. And they did a very good job. And unfortunately, fortunately, whatever you want to call it, with the new NHL format, these first-round matchups – you get some real tight teams playing each other, and that's what happened with Sharks and Vegas. And you know Vegas probably should have probably should have moved on to the next round, but couldn't close the door. And uh, Sharks are moving on. So I think Golden Knights were underrated this year, um, but it's it's tough to make that claim with the first round exit. So, but I, I am going to say they were underrated. Very good team. And I, I mean, and uh, honestly, Flurry is one of the best goalies in the NHL. That guy's a competitor. Number six. Um, Now, this is just a a, a question. The Tigers are doing decent. Will they be over or under 500 at the All-Star break? So as a fan, I want to scream that they'll be over 500 as... If, if I was a better, if I was a betting man betting with just my head, I would say that they're going to be under 500. So I, I like what you do with the over under there. So I'm going to say the Tigers are going to be under 500 at the All Star break. Unfortunately, I mean, they kind of did this last year where they hung around 500, they hung around in the division, and then they just started eating shit and they lost like 13 in a row. So I am scared that's going to happen again, but we will see. As again, as a fan, I'd love to be over 500. If, if you put a gun to my head and I had to bet, I'd say they'd be under 500. Number 7, Canadian strip clubs. This that's that's hilarious. Um so I've only been to like the the ones in Windsor, the dirty Canadian Windsor strip clubs like Cheetahs and I can't think of the other names. There's like two other ones and I you guys might be screaming at your radios right now but I can't I can't think of uh I can't think of what it is. Screaming at your radios. That sounded very old. Um I'm going to say they're underrated, and the reason they're underrated is because they're probably trash palaces that I would never return to um, at the tender age of 28 that I am. But at the age of 19, they were the coolest fucking places on earth because, you know what, I could buy beer legally, and there were naked chicks dancing around in strip clubs. And I remember there was one when we went there. Who had on a Red Wings jersey, which was absolutely incredible, and I thought it was the best thing ever, and I was like, this is unreal. They wear Red Wings jerseys in strip clubs in Canada, so that's the last memory of I have of a strip club in Canada. That was literally nine years ago, um, but I'm going to say that's they're underrated. Canadian strip clubs, underrated. Uh, okay, number eight, Mexican beer. Uh, Corona, Tecate, uh, Dos Equis, etc. Uh, Mexican beer, you know, I I enjoy them. I will have them given the situation. I'm not going to pick up a pack of Corona and, and, you know, pound them. That's normally what I do with blue light. So I'm going to say they're underrated. I like Mexican beer. Uh, I definitely like it more than other beers, I guess. Um, totally, I'm going to reach for a blue light more than anything. Um but I could definitely fuck with Mexican beers, especially on the beach. A Corona is great. It's refreshing. Um, Tecate and Dos Equis, I think, are good, too. So I'm going to say they're underrated. Fuck it. Mexican beer, underrated. Number nine. No, sorry, number eight. Frank, learn how to count. Number nine. Number nine, basements. Number nine, basements. Basements are completely underrated. You're giving me a list of things that I love here, Billy, and I appreciate it. Basements are underrated. Basements like ba- I, we had to have a basement in order for us to to buy this house it's a huge consideration homes without basements i feel like are just you're missing bonus space you can turn a basement into almost anything you want like for me right now it is a gaming area with darts it's a laundry room and it's a podcast studio that's pretty incredible you can't do that with a lot of other rooms can't do it with your garage no one wants to do laundry out of their garage no one wants to record a podcast studio in their garage you get cold I mean, I'm cold in the basement, but it's better than the garage. There's not many spaces like a basement that you can do almost whatever you want with. And that's why basements are underrated and they're essential to happy homes. Got to have a good basement. Basements, underrated. Number 10, Barry Melrose. Barry Melrose is very overrated. He is a very overrated hockey individual he's on ESPN as like the hockey guy I think he's still there I have no idea I don't really watch ESPN anymore but he's like their token hockey guy and it's just a joke they don't care about their coverage there he's pop music of hockey and his record as a coach is just absolute dog shit I think he had like one good year with the Kings um, but he was brought in to coach the Tampa Bay Lightning and he was done in like 10 days the guy's a clown when it comes to coaching coaching hockey Um, He's more there for the look of hockey for ESPN, um, but he's just pop music. He's 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 not a he's not a real hockey guy, and uh, I think he's completely overrated. Not a fan of Barry Melrose. Give me Mickey Redmond any fucking day of the week over Barry Melrose. Mickey Redmond would bag Barry Melrose. Oh man! All right. Well, that was that was fantastic, guys. And I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Fizz. I'm gonna sign off. I am tired as shit. It's like one in the morning. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this. Please go write a review on iTunes, um, or Spotify, go visit the Instagram at champagne athletics. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Also, there's a shop, there's new shirts out featuring Iserman. You should go check that out. Uh, just go to champagneathletics.com and click shop. It'll take you right to the store. Um, but I hope everyone has a wonderful, uh, Thursday and an awesome weekend. Let's hope the Lions do well in the draft and let's get excited for this next round of the NHL playoffs. Let's have a good one, team. Hey,
1: hey, I belong to Hockey Town, it's a place where dreams are found. We fought so many battles here. Now we're the ones that they will fear. The joke resides within our town. We won't stop no letting down. Time let's rock this ring